Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And you can bring up whatever you want. That's the point of the show. It's Ian joining you tonight. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll start things out here tonight uh, talking about secession. And I, I think I suggested we had this topic a couple days ago. We never got a chance to get to it. So we'll open the show with it here and, of course, take your calls about whatever you want. From strike-the-root.com, a new strategy for liberty, secession in three easy steps. And I think it's time people start talking about this. If they haven't already been talking about it, this should give you something to consider. Well, they recently took a, a poll of, I think, the Georgia legislature, the, the Georgia Senate, Forty-six percent of the senators in Georgia are for secession. No kidding. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm for it too. It starts with a, a quote from the Bible of all places. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I can't go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. First, he, or then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. In How David Beats Goliath, Malcolm Gladwell shows that underdogs significantly tip the scales when they refuse to play by Goliath's rules. From that article, quote, the political scientist Ivan Argentoft recently looked at every war fought in the past 200 years between strong and weak combatants. One side was at least 10 times as powerful as its opponent. The Goliaths, he found, won in 71.5% of the cases. Makes sense. What happened? Argentoft wondered when the underdogs acknowledged their weakness and chose an unconventional strategy. In those cases... David's winning percentage went from 28.5% to 63.6%. So all you have to do to merely quin, uh, quad, uh, triple your, your uh, chances of, of beating Goliath uh, as David, and this, is, this isn't just a little bit bigger um, opponent. This is a whole lot bigger. Ten this times. is the case where, yeah, so you're talking about <laughs> he's got 100 guys, I've got 10 Nine eight seven six five four three two or one. So I mean, um, mm-hmm. an, an incredible difference. The only thing I have to do is choose an unconventional style. Right. You know, like uh, back in the revolutionary days, uh, the kind of the way war happened was the the guys would line up right in front yep. of one another and just shoot each other. And so some of the uh, some of the revolutionaries back then decided they didn't really want to play that uh, by those rules. Yeah, they so. did pretty good until Washington came along and uh, didn't didn't want them to do. That. They wanted to line line up yeah. and catch bullets. So that kind of stuff, right? Unconventional strategies. Are what we're talking about here. The article focuses also on a junior girls basketball team in Redwood City, California. They were inexperienced, short, and not particularly talented. <laughs> Their coach, a recent emigre, knew almost nothing of basketball before taking over the team. <laughs> Having an outsider's This would make a good movie, whatever is going yeah. on here. <laughs> Having an outsider's view, the coach didn't understand the conventions of national junior basketball and had his team adopt the unusual strategy of an aggressive full court press. Week after week, their unique approach changed the parameters of the game and took away natural advantages of their opponents. What's a full court? I don't even know what a full I court press no is. Okay, but I'm it's unusual, sh- apparently. <laughs> well, I've uh, heard of it certainly happening, but it probably doesn't happen in junior league or whatever. They took away advantages, uh, the natural advantages of their opponents whose teams were built and trained to play a half-court game. 
what the defense or what that defense did for us is we could hide our weaknesses. We could hide the fact that we didn't have good outside shooters. We could hide the fact that we didn't have the tallest lineup because as long as we played hard on defense, we were getting steals and easy layups. In the battle between, so they began. I, I know that essentially you you let the opponent get to the midline and then you start trying to get the ball away from them. So let's see. Full court press is a basketball term that refers to a defensive style in which the def- defense applies man to man or zone defense to pressure the offensive team the entire length of the court before and after the inbound pass. So instead of defending on their side. The half court, uh-huh. they defended on the full court for some in, reason. I, in the battle between libertarians and statists, there is no question who is David and who is Goliath. And there's also no question regarding who continues to win. One more time, David's winning percentages in conflict with Goliath. If David plays by conventional rules, 28.5% success. David acknowledges his weakness and adopts an unconventional strategy, 63.6% success. Now, in part one, which we're not sharing with you tonight, an open letter to Ron Paul supporters, I argue that libertarians have thoroughly tried the conventional strategy, which is, of course, working within their system, politics, etc., well, and it, it has it, failed Working us. within their system in some manner or another, I mean, you could you could still work within their system and try an unconventional style. I suppose you're right. It's like, like, for, for instance, instance nullification might be a, an example of that. Well, you you could uh, work that that much is true. You could uh, try a different kind of election campaign. Uh, Michael Badnarik did something uh, that was unconventional in his campaign. He made a, uh, a, a a contract with his voters, a real contract, not like the contract with America. It didn't work, but didn't work um, out. Yeah. It, it didn't work out, and it, it didn't even um, get him that many votes. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's talking about not playing in, in well, the political he, game. The, the author is. Yes. That's true. But you didn't do the study. I didn't do the study, and we don't know exactly what the uh, the, the, the author of the study itself um, considered unconventional and what would be considered unconventional. Unconventional is sort of something, to some extent, hindsight-oriented. So how do we get to that 63.6% success number? According to the research, the first step is to acknowledge our weakness. In the game of electoral politics, where candidates compete for one vote per citizen, our team has a huge and fatal weakness that we rarely acknowledge at all. The statist politician tells corn farmers that he'll score them millions in free money. Our candidate tells them he'll take it away. The statist politician tells senior citizens he'll pay for their prescription drugs. Our candidate tells them the entitlements are bankrupt. The status politician leads us to war and finds his campaign coffers full of cash from a few defense contractors who were made rich. Our candidate pulls non excuse me pushes non-intervention and must hope that enough peaceniks will be impressed to donate a few bucks. The status politician raises government funds through debt and uses those funds to shower extravagant favors on special interests. Our candidate must hope that people will learn and care enough about the debt burden to vote against it in the face of intense intense engagement from powerful special interests who stand to gain million-dollar windfalls. This guy, whoever's writing this article, what is the, who's the author on this article? Author here is Stuart Brown at Strike the Root. God, it's great. The status politician goes to Washington with the understanding that his purpose is to get a piece of the pie for his constituents. Our candidate goes to Washington hoping to shrink the pie as small as it can go. Our candidate usually loses, and in the rare cases when he wins, Ron Paul, he finds that to win again, he too must start bringing home pie, even meaning even when we win, we lose. But, of course, to Ron Paul's credit, he hasn't really done that, so good for Ron. Just as the rules, he said that there's there's a certain amount of compromises he does to work within yeah. the system and that kind of thing. So he'll uh, designate earmarks and then vote against them. 
Just as the rules of basketball favor those who are tall, strong, and have a good jump shot, the rules of democracy favor those who want to grow the government. For decades, we have been playing by Goliath's rules, the very rules that allowed Goliath to rise to power in the first place. The only way we can play away from our weakness is to get out of the electoral politics game altogether. This brings us to the first step in a new, more unconventional strategy. Step one, stop voting in Washington's elections. If we refuse to participate, we initiate a strategy that plays away from our inherent weakness and also neutralizes Goliath's greatest strength, popular consent. The politician's greatest advantage is the ease with which they can take money from your pocket and promise it to someone else, someone whose vote they need. They're able to do this because, like it or not, they have your consent. Take away that consent, and you've chipped away at their advantage. I just don't believe this at all. That uh, I, I, That's fine, Stuart. Um, you, if you don't want to vote, okay. But if you want to vote, okay. Because the fact is, um, voting doesn't give consent whatever to their system um, in, in any way. I, the fact that I voted in the national election, and I didn't, um, traded away my votes, the fact that I voted in the national election does not mean I've consented to their system any more than getting in a gunfight means that I've consented to die. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, Mark, and I agree with you. Uh, however, I think he makes a persuasive point here that uh, basically it's time to stop voting in Washington's elections. But uh, it, it, he's not saying you should stop voting in New no, Hampshire no, I'm, I'm or not, Keene or anything I don't like that. I don't believe that. that you necessarily should or shouldn't. I think it's that. Uh, uh, I think he's going to make a pretty persuasive insignificant. point. Insignificant. Bring it on. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. If you're for secession, you should not be supporting the Washington elections with your vote. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial up, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. All the features on our website are free, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see it for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, are you facing debt problems with DebtCrisisSolutions.com's programs? There are no more payments to creditors. DebtCrisisSolutions.com guarantees to protect your bank account, wages, and property from lawsuits. If you're facing a debt crisis, you need to be able to keep your money to take care of your family. Call 718-615-0123. That's 718-615-0123 or visit DebtCrisisSolutions.com. As we continue with the three-step, easy three-step plan towards secession. Step one, according to Strike the Root, at Stuart Brown writing the story, step one is to stop voting in Washington's elections. And, of course, he says that uh, removing your vote is a symbol of your removing your consent from the process. Now, Mark, you argue, and I think rightly so, that by voting you are not necessarily consenting to the process. You aren't consenting to be ruled. You may be voting for self-defensive purposes to try to minimize the amount of harm done. And I agree with you there for those who feel they should vote in the elections. However, uh, I think I've come to the conclusion after reading this article that I agree with Stuart Brown. Well, and, let's let's read the article out loud here and, yes. and hear the reasons that he claims before you know you go and tell us what you've decided. Okay. Well, anyway, he says 
we can uh, you can send to this madness every time you pay Washington's taxes or comply with one of their illegitimate laws. And yes, none of us can safely stop complying with all the federal laws, but we can certainly tell the world that we intend to try. We can also take a simple legal action toward that end by staying away on election day and making some noise about our choice to do so, which I think that particular viewpoint differs from the normal stop voting uh, thing that people will, uh, the, many voluntarists will suggest, and that is that instead of just not voting, you actually talk about why it is you aren't voting. And that's what he says here. So would you suggest for Christians that they uh, um, not only should they uh, believe that Jesus is coming back, but hold up signs letting people know on, you know. I'm not sure how that's even relevant to this. You're nuts. Stand outside with a placard telling everybody you're not voting and why. You look like a lunatic. I'm not sure if that's what he's suggesting, but you can do that if you want, Mark. He's just saying make some noise about it, choosing not to vote, telling your friends and family why you made that choice, announcing on the Internet and at large that you deny Washington's legitimacy is a much, much more powerful statement than vote for my guy. I agree with that. I will agree that it is more powerful to, say, post on a message board where two or three or five people might read it and say to them, I don't I reject Washington's legitimacy. I, however, do not believe that one has to choose not to vote in order to do that. Choosing to abstain from Washington's elections, not because you don't like the candidates, but because you don't believe in the system, is an act of secession. And the idea of secession loses some of its radical fringe when people around the country, regular people, start doing it. Heck, the idea of secession is losing its radical fringe already. Last month, Cato Unbound hosted a conversation about starting from scratch, kicked it off with an essay by Patri Friedman encouraging libertarians to colonize the ocean. Later, Jason Sorens, founder of the Free State Project, chimed in and outlined the growing success of the movement he started, which we are members of. Peter Thiel, creator of PayPal and one of the richest men in the world, wrote his own entry, saying this, I stand against confiscatory taxes, totalitarian collectives, and the ideology of the inevitability of the death of every individual. But I must confess that over the last two decades, I've changed radically on the question of how to achieve these goals. More importantly, I no longer believe that freedom and democracy are compatible. The Cato Unbound conversation made secession the topic of choice in the libertarian blogosphere last month. And libertarians aren't the only ones buzzing about this topic. After Rick Perry's now famous secession remarks... Uh, that he was pushed into saying by a crowd chanting secede, a poll of Texas GOP members found them evenly divided on whether Texas should drop out of the union. Since then, a new poll shows 43% of Republicans in Georgia would prefer their state be independent of the USA. That's what I said, see? In Montana, a state sovereignty resolution included strong language about the rights of Montana to consider its contract with the USA broken. One of the resolution's authors said of secession, quote, that is the big stick in the room that we have to occasionally display, unquote. And even the big names in Republican talk radio are getting in on this. He then cites Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh uh, and, of course, Ron Paul himself. Ron Paul saying that Perry really stirred some of the liberal media when they started screaming about what's going on here. This is un-American. I heard one individual say this is treasonous to even talk about it. Well, they don't know their history very well because when you think about it, it's very American to talk about secession. That's how we came in being. Thirteen colonies seceded from the British and established a new country. So secession is a very much American principle. What about all the strong endorsements we've given in the past decade or two to all the republics that ceded from the Soviet system? We were delighted about it. Imagine if this conversation continues to pick up steam. Imagine if more big names got on board. Imagine if, by this time next year, a million people across the country gather for a second round of tea parties, but don't aim to reform Washington, but rather announce their intent to leave it. It isn't much of a stretch 
Six months ago, secession was a pipe dream. Now it's a topic of conversation, and we haven't even tried to push the issue yet. Some of you might protest that last sentence. Some of you have been pushing secession all your life. Good job to you. Keep it up. But the vast majority of Americans who want smaller government are trying to accomplish it from within the system. It is to those Americans I speak. We need you to stop banging your head against the door and start trying to open it. Whether it be seasteading, free-stating, Cambrian exploding, panarchy chasing, or just gold, uh, good old-fashioned fan- seceding, if we fully abandon our strategy of getting in and instead focus all that wasted energy on dropping out, we'll be playing our own game rather than Goliath's. It starts with not voting, but it doesn't stop there. What if all the money and effort in the past went toward political campaigns instead went that went toward political campaigns instead went toward a true secessionist effort? What if all the volunteers who canvassed for Ron Paul in 2008 instead set up alternate voting stations on election day where people didn't go to cast a vote for office, but went to be counted as one who wanted to secede? What if the door hangers, mailbox stuffers, YouTube videos, money bombs, and passionate support that once went to a candidate instead went to the idea of abandoning Washington? What if an organization like the Campaign for Liberty was repurposed so that instead of being yet another voice in the already large choir spreading the free market gospel, it became our mainstream mouthpiece on behalf of dropping out? I don't think the Campaign for Liberty is going to do that anytime soon, but it's a nice idea. Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't think so. I think you'd be better off starting your own organization and, and going that direction. Uh, He says, what if we made enough noise about our desire to be done with Washington that we made the politicians nervous about what might happen? At this point, it wouldn't be that hard to get the politicians scared. In addition to playing away from their own weaknesses, successful Davids also, also attack Goliath where he's weak. And right now, Goliath is exceptionally weak. In addition to the massive burden, tax burden, that we've always paid, each one of us is also on the hook for about $200,000 in future debt. It was, yeah, I heard it was a quarter mil. Yeah, it was, uh, some people have said over 300000 Yeah. It My was, son, Jack. Owes a quarter million dollars. Well, probably he, do- he more. doesn't owe that because he never consented to it, but well, that's what they say. <laughs> He's going to probably likely end up paying it. It was this explosion of new debt more than anything else that caused growing anger at government to boil over into last month's tea parties where half a million Americans gathered to scream, who is going to pay for this? Secessionists are the only ones with a viable answer to that question. Secessionists can answer, not me. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on secession? Two steps remain. Uh, we'll take your calls about anything as well here. We might break this up over a couple hours. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning. Tutor other community members and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit alakees at a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. Again, that's a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you, including the wiki, over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, wiki.freetalklive.com. 
Unicure skin and hair conditioner. Um, I've been using it for gosh, more than a year now, and uh, I've got it. I'm wearing it right now. I use it every single day. I've paid for it on my own, and now we're lucky enough that they're sponsoring the show. It's Unicure's hair and skin conditioner. If you've got sensitive skin that's sensitive to dyes or fragrances, or you just don't like you know, smelling like food or flowers um, after, uh, you know, putting on hair conditioner. It's Unicure is a good choice for you. Unicure.com, 888-UNICURE, Unicure.com. All right, 1-800-259-9231. We're going to come back to the, uh, the the three steps, three easy steps to secession. But first, let's go to your phone call. Cheryl is on the line in South Carolina. Cheryl, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Cheryl? Yes. Hey, you're on the air. Thank you. What's on your mind tonight? Okay, it's CPS first, Corruption CPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, our group, Abuse Freedom, has been fighting for months and months to get information and get letters written to the president. Uh, we the were president told, of the United States? Yes. We okay. were told, fictitiously so, not knowing that until today, that uh, one of his aides told him, pretended to be the president, and gave us instructions on how to do this. We sent this out to thousands and thousands. There have been thousands. What, what is this? You say you sent letters this out. that have been sent to the president about their uh, stories with CPS abuse. Horrible stories. So along with you, all of their documents. There are so many stories, and they are horrific. Uh, we've heard a number of them over the years on this program. Uh, they're normally uh, CPS is normally a state agency. So what is it that yes. you're expecting the president to do? Well, that's what when we I was given this information, I was I thought maybe there was some way that he had he wanted to have proof and investigate it. You know, mm-hmm. get in there and start investigating all of this because you can't get anything done state to state. There's too much corruption. So you, the, you believe that you can get something done at the federal level, well, but you don't believe did. you can do it at there, the state there level? Is, there was a hope that maybe something could be done. And do you still have that hope? Point, you would do almost anything. But why, why in the world won't the news media pick up on some of these stories? I mean, there's too many of them. Well, that may be one of the reasons why, uh, just because there are so many horrific stories, it's just unfortunately well, it's, not newsworthy. To some, ex- to some extent, it's all sullied, and uh, what what you're asking the news media is to do, and I'm not saying that you're uh, that that this is wrong. I think that they they should look into this, but they generally don't. What you're asking the news media to, to do is to turn on their cop buddies who give them stories, um, to to turn on their government people who give them stories, uh, to right. to bite the hand that in but, fact feeds them. Well, of course, you know, even the pharmaceutical companies are in on it. They sell the children into sex slavery. They put them in these foster homes where they're put in closets and starved to death. They're selling them. They get five to six thousand dollars each time they take a child out of a home. Now, a number of news agencies. They get agencies... another five or six thousand dollars each time they put it in to a foster home, or if they adopt it out, on top of all the block grants they're already getting. Now, I've heard these claims before, um, Cheryl, and uh, my question is, how come CPS doesn't take every child that they come in contact with then? They do. No, they don't. Oh, let me... No, they, if, if the child has been really beaten, they'll leave it there, just like the little Kelsey Briggs girl. Why that is that? Two years old, and they left her there. 
with two broken legs, a broken arm, her face and body beaten and bruised, and they left her in there for the mother and the boyfriend to finish killing until a hearse came and picked the child oh, up. Oh, gosh. You know, sometimes uh, the CPS agents themselves are the perverts and the, and the sickos. Uh, now, we have seen these stories over the years, uh, so there are obviously news agencies out there covering them. Are they covering every single one of them? Probably oh, not. They no, probably don't know. They're not covering even. There are so many thousands of people that I have personally talked to. I've worn three sets of phones out. I have got emails, thousands and thousands. I've spoken to um, Pam Roach about it. She was supposed to send in boxes of files. I'm not sure who that is, but but here's my question Schaefer? for you, Cheryl. I don't want to rain on your parade or anything like that, but it's I just want not my parade. I don't. I never had anything to do with CPS yeah. except that I started when I was doing research a few years ago. I share your frustration. I share your outrage, but I don't know if begging... I am begging... really angry because our babies, our babies here in the United States are being so like... When are like, you going to get angry enough to stop paying them? That's my question. Well, you know, if it were up to me, I'd stop all my tax dollars now. Why isn't old. it up to you? I've tried to think of different ways to stop them. Do you have a suggestion? I my, my only was, suggestion I I is one. my only suggestion is that people that are concerned about these issues stop paying these people. Stop paying the state government people uh, the the money that they are demanding from you because I don't think there's any amount of begging the federal government or begging the state governments to behave in a humane fashion that's going to work. I mean, governments by their nature are forceful entities. They have a, a monopoly on coercive violence, and they aren't afraid to use it in whatever way that the, will benefit them the most. And hey, and take- and these uh, these CPS agencies do get paid for every money uh, for every child that they take in and. And you're absolutely right about every single thing you say, and it is outrageous. So many people are upset about it, but no one really seems to be sure what to do. They'll try to go and run uh, you know, their own candidates in the race, and of course they're up against the incumbents, and incumbents win 90-something percent of the time. So that's a pretty po- uh, pointless effort. Uh, begging is, has really never resulted in anything significant happen, uh, happening with the government. So I think that it's time that people who are really frustrated and upset actually go ahead and put their, uh, their money where their mouths are and stop paying i think that's the best thing that you can do maybe that's a terrible idea but money doesn't just go to that Hmm? there's other there's schools yeah that's where they got you then isn't it see so so now you're screwed aren't you do you suggest an uprising against cps I suggest you keep your money, and if you want to send the money to the schools, then cut them a check separately from uh, from the rest of it. I, I personally would not send money to government schools because I don't agree with what they do there. Uh, but, uh, but I see where you're coming from in that you're concerned that they take this big chunk and then they use some of that money that, uh, that you've given them on something that you might agree with, and then a whole bunch of that money is going to things uh, that you might disagree with. Well, honestly, um, everything that you look at, you'll find that the government does the same thing as they're doing at CPS in that area, too. You know, they sell the... The idea that they're educating the kids in the public school. However, since the well, since World War II, we've diminished from the most educated nation on the planet to That's the forty-something. Correct. So, I agree with you. I mean, you know, in fact, what uh, we should be, we should get rid of the Department of Education, and likely we should get rid of public schools entirely and turn them over to the free market, and and uh, you know let the free market handle it, and that likely would educate our kids so better. There are so many children that will not be allowed or won't be able to go to school if we do that. Really. Well, that, so really? There, yeah. There's just I mean, no, no. There's no evidence for that. Parents don't have the money to send them 
to a private school. Well, you're talking you're talking about a uh, welfare issue here, not uh, and and remember this is that's what they've done with public schools is they've turned them into middle class welfare. And so, I mean, if we were even even if we were just talking about a welfare issue, it would still be a fraction of what we're spending on public schools, even if we gave scholarships to kids that were in the lowest ten percent or something like that. Um, however. You'll notice that the free market has a tendency to be able to provide uh, people who are in the lowest brackets still. I mean, there's 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 cars for poor people out there. There are hamburgers for poor people. There's housing for poor people. Yes, is it as good as the housing that's for rich people? No, it's not. It keeps but the rain out. But that's how it is now. Uh, the poor what people still get the about, crappiest though, schools. We're getting off on off of the real subject yes. here. Can how can we get this stopped today? You can't. There will be thousands of children. You have to stop participating. You have to stop consenting. I, I understand where you're coming from, Cheryl. Thank you for the call. I share the frustration. Yep. But until you're it's ready to put something on the line, until you're ready to take a risk and stop paying these big risk. thugs, these gang, it's not a big risk if everyone takes it. Then what are they going to do? If if a whole bunch of people just stop paying taxes, they can't put everybody in jail. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live, but it takes courage. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, freetalklive.com. By the way, if you like the the website, you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, one of the best ways to do it is to shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy, dozens of categories, free super saver shipping on a whole lot of items, and you can even buy used. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, that's the way to go. Amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter through that link, we will get a cut. Let's continue with your calls and talk to Rusty uh, in Texas. Rusty, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Yes, sir. Uh, I was wanting to talk a little bit about what you were talking about, immigration. Uh, We haven't talked about immigration here tonight, but you're welcome to talk about it. Go ahead. It also has to do with progress, too, and recidivism. Uh, You ever heard the term, today's outlaw is tomorrow's hero, and tomorrow's hero is today's outlaw? I've never heard that. No, no, but I have heard that uh, right. when freedom is outlawed, only outlaws will have freedom. Right, right. Well, uh, the boat, right, came first to the United States of America before it was the United States. And the Indians, right, they tried to stop the, the boat, which was the 13 colonies, right? Well, the boat ended up, they through technology, ended up creating the steam engine, right? And they put it on the boat, and it kept going, and it kept going. Well, the boat eventually turned into the train. And each one of these times that it all changed, they all had an outlaw because the outlaw wanted to stop the progress that was coming through. And so once the train came, they had something called Jesse James. And it wasn't that Jesse James was necessarily a bad man. He just didn't want to have the train stealing what he had because he wanted to keep his land. The train was stealing I think Jesse Jesse James was just a robber. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's, robbers are bad men. Just I'm sorry? He did it for di- for different reasons than just being a thief. That's not my understanding, but okay. Okay. So the train, right, it eventually turned into the automobile. 
And the automobile, it blew through the whole world, and it ran everybody's land over. And you had the outlaws. That's where you get the Dukes of Hazard, like Bo and Luke Duke, other outlaws. What are and you they, talking it, about? No, just listen to me. And the progress, okay? So the car, it ran everybody over to where you couldn't keep your land anymore because they had to take your land to build highways and roads, okay? All right. Uh-huh. Eventually, the automobile... They had roads in, before the car, but go uh, ahead. Okay. Eventually, the automobile, it turned into the airplane. And the airplane, it went round and around and around, and it said, what comes around goes around. This is one of the most bizarre phone calls <laughs> right. I've ever received. <laughs> and so you have the same guy, right? You have the Muslim, right? He stands up. He wraps his face with his with his turbine. He stands up because nobody rides trains no more. They ride the Airbus. The, yeah. the, basically, the train took off and started flying. <laughs> but what, so the, so the Muslim, what are you right? talking about? <laughs> the, Muslim, the Muslim puts his turbine on like Jesse James, covers up his face, just like Moses did whenever he left the Egypt. And he says, Allah Akbar. And what's this and have to do with immigration and Indians? All of you cannot stop technology because technology moves so fast that you right. cannot no longer call your land your own land because through the train, the boat, the airplane, and the automobile, no. I can be from here to the other side of the world in a blink of an eye. What's that have to do I with property ownership? Your land ain't your land no more. Well, it's not because it's there's a car. I don't think you're drawing the correct conclusions here, and I'm not sure how you even got to where you are. Uh, but I, I, your land isn't your land, not because there are cars and trains and planes out there, but because there are men and women calling themselves the government who will take it away from you if you don't obey their every diktat. That's the right. reason. that They're the bandits. They're the ones that are stealing from people and causing trouble, and they've been doing it ever since there were boats and planes and trains. And you know, all along, as long as there have been people calling themselves government, they've been uh, stealing from people. I, I still don't really know where it is you're trying, trying to go to with say, all this. You remember, you remember, you remember in, the, in the sci-fi movie Star Trek how they get in the transporter room and they yeah. can just blink themselves to another side of the, the universe? Yeah. I'm interested well, in who's going to hijack how that. How can you sit there and say the United States is yours whenever the whole world goes 24-7 and there's no time zones? Are you a there, kind of there, Luddite? There is no, but, but the United States isn't mine. It, uh, I've never said that it was mine. I don't want the right. United States. Well, he's, he's calling based it's on my some, house. some other show or something. I'm, I heard. What I'm trying to say is, is that through technology, men can no longer stay in one place and go, this is mine. Sure you can. Because you can stay in one place as long as you want. Out. People go all over the world 24 hours a day. You see, because so you what? live in a 9 Are you bemoaning that? Are you bemoaning the fact that people five. can travel? Right. You live in a 9 to 5 world. I live in a 24-hour a day, 7 days a week world because the, because the airplane moves so fast. Are you going to so start fast. talking about a time cube next? I mean, <laughs> what? I can be from here to London in 8 hours. Good for you. Probably There's a little no less. No more nine to five. So what? Are you? I don't understand. Are you complaining that about that this? People are people are traveling so fast that you don't know who's coming in and out of your land to call them an illegal immigrant. I don't believe in illegal people. I think that people are people, and that's that. Right. 
Well, right. I think, I think that in a free nation, you cannot, you cannot beat technology. I'm not trying technology to beat technology. I embrace time. technology. I like change. I like right. being able to travel from one point to another and uh, and get there relatively uh, easily. I like all of these uh, things that you're talking about here, and it sounds to me like you're complaining about it. Are you so or are you I'm not? not compla- I'm complaining that the people that go don't allow this man or that man to come here got lost in time because I'm already overseas forever. What and I was in the military. <laughs> you're in I've Texas. I agree with States everything you're saying. But... And I've done left my borders. How do you even understand what he's saying? <laughs> he's just I can't even saying understand what the, world the world has become too technologically small. advanced he's a to make... No, he's not. No? You're absolutely not getting what he's saying. No, I'm not He's at saying all. the world is too technologically advanced for nations to make people, uh, to, to make it uh, impossible for, for people to come across the borders with just, you know, passing little rules. That's all. So that's, that's a good thing, right? Yes. That's getting and more difficult people, for borders to exist. people that cannot keep up with the technology, they're called stupid and they're called dumb and they're called hicks because they couldn't keep up. You see? Well, okay. They're Luddites, people that aren't interested in technology. They don't want to see change happen. I don't know if that necessarily makes them stupid. Uh, I think it means that they're just uh, they're just they're stuck in the mud, basically. The whole, the whole point of my call is is that yes, please. Technology beat borders a long time ago. Thank goodness. Thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I still can't figure out if he was bemoaning that or just making an observation. I'm overseas forever, man. <laughs> this is one of the most bizarre calls <laughs> of all time. I understood completely what he was saying. Something's wrong with you. Maybe it's because you're a Luddite. <laughs> Maybe it's because you have trouble with email and things like that. He was only saying that you can't stop progress. Good. <laughs> and you're a fool to try. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and I hope that he's right that progress will break down borders, <laughs> and that eventually we won't have silly concepts like national borders or nations or anything like that. I hope that eventually we progress to that point, and I think that we are. I think that was a great call, and it's unfortunate that he's likely not listening to the show because he thinks he seemed to have been calling in on some Somebody, other yeah, issue. Other show. Let's talk to Cameron in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Cameron. Hey guys, how are you today? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, two things. First of all, Ian, I was one of the Facebook friends that you uh, got rid of. Uh-oh. Were you yeah, offended? Yeah, here you go. It's time for the scolding. <laughs> but I've never actually met you, so I kind of understand why you did it. Okay, good enough. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, second of all, um, I'm really interested in, uh, I don't know, podcasting and internet radio. I have a mm. blog that I keep, not really about anything in particular. I do some uh, political type stuff. I do okay. some sports stuff, just whatever comes to my mind. But I've been interested in podcasting. I'm wondering, how does one go about... Uh, Starting a podcast, like is there is there free software that somebody can use and like a free place that you can post it? How do you do that? I believe there uh, there is free software out there. I think that you probably should start over at podcastalley.com. I believe they have a, a basic get to uh, get you know, how to get started kind of guide. Uh, that'll point you to the software that, that oh, they might do. be of assistance. They have a great guide there. Yep. I mean, there are uh, probably other places. I just happen to know that Podcast right. Alley will tell you. Which, by the way, reminds me that it is voting time, and we do need you to go and vote for Free Talk Live at vote.freetalklive.com. Uh, you'll also find podcast hosting websites that will host your podcast for free. You'll need to get some equipment, some uh, you know, microphone, maybe a mixer or something right, like right. that. You can get that over at Broadcast Supply World. That's bswusa.com. They've got some preset podcasting packages. 
packages. You can just grab a package and you don't need anything else. So that should get you started. Thanks cool, for the thanks, call. Guys. Thanks for the call. Good luck out there. Have fun with it. 800-259-9231. And keep it up. If uh, Well, anyway, our two's coming up. Swissamerica.com reports Monday gold prices eased near 9.75 an ounce as the dollar retreated and stocks rallied. Gold last traded down $5 and 9.7460. Silver fell 20 cents to 15.59. We keep waiting for central bankers to point to the price of gold and silver as better indicators of what's going on than the mass of inconclusive data. Haven't these clever individuals noticed that gold is on its way to cracking $1,000 again and silver is over $15? More at SwissAmerica.com. With the increased public interest in owning precious metals for safety and profit potential, also comes the increased risk of new consumer fraud and ripoff scams. Reuters reports investigators expect to uncover more fraud involving gold in a recession that has already exposed several Ponzi schemes. Officials with the U.S. Postal Service said Swiss America believes the best protection is learning about coin investment first. SwissAmerica.com forward slash no fraud to discover five steps before for buying gold. This is Free Talk Live, your show. If you dial toll-free to bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We had an incoherent call uh, come in last hour that uh, mentioned Jesse James as a as a hero, almost. And I uh, figured we should point out that, according to Wikipedia, at least, uh, while although James has often been mythically portrayed, even prior to his death, as a kind of Robin Hood, robbing from the rich and giving to the poor, this is incorrect. His robberies only enriched him and his gang. Not that it would be okay for him to rob from the rich and give to the poor either, uh, but just to point out, this guy is not the you know the mythical wonder that people might make him out to be. Says here that the James brothers were Confederate guerrillas during the Civil War, during which they were accused of participating in atrocities committed against Union soldiers. After the war, as members of one gang or another, they perpetrated many bank robberies, which often resulted in the murder of bank employees or bystanders. And they also waylaid stagecoaches and trains. So just figured we'd clear the record out there on Jesse James, whether he was a good guy or not. Stealing people's money, not good. Nope. Let's continue with your phone calls, and we'll talk to Mark in Indiana. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Mark. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, just a couple things. First off, on the um, idea of secession, I'm more than behind it, of course. But uh, I, I disagree with that. Um, the, one of the elements he had is uh, not voting. If you don't vote, is this going to be more of the same? I, I think it, um, If you do it, vote, it's just going to be more of the same. When has voting on a national level changed anything? No, no, I think at the state level, get your state reps to get behind the idea. Um, no, 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 I, I, he was saying stay out of the Washington elections. He did not advocate yeah, yeah. stopping voting at the state level. Well, I, I don't know what, um, I don't know how this would work if you, uh, you know, contact your state rep or your federal rep to recommend, I mean, I don't think it'd be, I think it's state rep because then he could, uh, I, I guess I don't know how that worked, but I would, I, I don't think it'd be at the federal level because... Uh, then they won't have jobs, you know. Well, I'm still not sure what point you're trying to make. Can you well, recap I, I, which politician? Uh, I think people need to focus. Well, get rid of the idea of this catastrophic disaster that's Washington, D.C., and the federal government. Focus everything with their state reps, because if you, if you tell your um, federal congressman, you email and contact him, 
however, uh, to secede about secession, he won't have a job. Right, right. So what you're saying is that uh, there's no point in talking to a federal person about seceding, whereas if you push local representatives, then you have some sway there because, well, you know, if they don't push secession, then you could vote them out next time around and you've got more, uh, you just have more influence on a, on a state level, especially in a smaller state, someplace like New Hampshire, where the representatives uh, so-called represent a smaller area, a smaller amount of people, so that you've got a much better uh, p- potential to influence people like that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't think... Um... I think it'll be, I mean, it's done already. It's just, I think the federal government's pretty much on films right now. I'm waiting. It'll be exciting to see. I think once, once one state does it, and I know a couple of states are talking about it, you know, Hawaii, Vermont and stuff, but once one mm-hmm. state does it, it's done. It's over for the federal government. It's yeah, the dominoes hopefully will start to fall at that yep. point. Uh, one state will go, and then others will be encouraged by their success. Uh, you know, and if the feds presumably don't roll in tanks or drop a nuclear weapon or something like that, which I don't think is is very no, I likely. I think I think that idea is pretty preposterous. I don't. Um, they're going to realize. I mean, there are there's already enough panic right now there, and it's just uh, it's just getting across the entire public, entire brainwashed public that, oh, yeah, the federal government's still in control, can still do all this. Well, not if we say it doesn't, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Any other thoughts, Mark? I think you guys will be getting more people up to New Hampshire once. I know the argument against is that, well, it's good to go up there now while things are just getting going. But once a major law or, uh, you know, government program, something like that is repealed, tax repeal, then I think you guys are going to see. Is there anything like that in the uh, works right now or – well, um, a repeal? Not that I know of. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, we've once again managed to to hold off. Uh, you know, still holding the line. Tremendous growth of uh, government in several areas, uh, and most notably, I can think of off the top of my head the seatbelt uh, uh, ruling. Here, we still don't have seatbelts, and and it was close. But you know, and and I agree with you that once there's a big victory or two or three under our belts then we we can you know we can really things that we can really show people will be better off however we have little ones and it's yeah. at this point a little program we've only had a few hundred movers and uh, you know the idea is to get a few thousand I wonder what would be more persuasive to a potential mover. Would a big victory in New Hampshire be more persuasive than a new awful tyrannical law being forced upon them in their current location that too Thanks, Mark, for the call. Idea of, um, yes, sir? Sounds, it sounds like what you're kind of saying is just holding off. That's not the goal, but what they're doing so far is just holding off, you know, against more tyranny. It's, it's good to hold it off, but we need, it needs to roll back. So, well, know, I agree know. with you, which is why people need to get here sooner rather than later. Instead of sitting on the fence and watching and waiting to see what happens, uh, you'd be much more useful actually here with your boots on the ground, getting involved in activism, getting out there and, and joining up and, and helping us, because then we can have those successes happen sooner rather than later. They're going to come. Uh, it's just that they'll happen sooner if people get here sooner. Mark, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Uh, People need to start talking about secession, and we're going to continue that discussion here in a moment. Let's continue with your calls, though, in the first place. Uh, it's Eric in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Eric. Hello. How are you? Hey, doing? what's on your mind, Eric? Hi. I'd like to uh, raise awareness with uh, people about a, a public military high school okay. which is opening in my, in my county, DeKalb, Georgia. There's one in uh, Sarasota County, too. Yes. Yeah, so um, you can find more information about it by going to Google and typing uh, DeKalb Military School. And what are you suggesting people do about this? Um, 
Well, you know, I went to the local board of education meeting today mm-hmm. and, and, you know, issued a statement on behalf of the Libertarian Party DeKalb, but, um, and you can view that statement at lpgeorgia.com. But, you know, besides that, there's not much to do besides move to New Hampshire. <laughs> um, I do like that solution. Because if I don't pay my taxes, and I know that somebody will, the IRS will lock me in jail or something, and if I... Well, it's, it's less likely the IRS is going to do anything to you than your local city government. Uh, if you, for instance, stopped paying property taxes, they would jump on you pretty quick. Uh, there are millions of people across the country that don't pay IRS taxes, and, and they get away with it year after year. I think you're much safer actually not paying federal income tax than you are not paying local taxes. That's where the okay. real danger lies, in my opinion. Okay. I did not know that. Um, not to say the IRS won't happen to single you out, but uh, for the most part, they seem to target, you know, people like Wesley Snipes and uh, and other celebrities in order to make a statement. Though certainly they have gone after regular folk as well. Uh, but for the as far as the the number of people com- uh, that are caught and punished compared to the number of people that are not, it's pretty minuscule. Any other thoughts? Um. Well, yeah, the other thoughts was, you know, I've been working with the local Quaker organization, and, they're, they, you know, I've been impressed with them because they're, they actually stand to their principles of They sure do. Yeah, um, the Quakers, uh, there are, I'm sure there are a number of Quakers that won't pay for war, that they're, they are not participating as much as possible in funding the federal government. It's relatively that. common that they, that they at least have that conversation amongst themselves. And that's, uh, that's also something that you want to do, is if you're going to go down that road of not paying the, the federal government, and I fully support it. I personally uh, avoid paying them as much as possible. Obviously, I can't avoid paying them like a cell phone tax or something, but anything else I can avoid, I, I will. Um, if you go down that road, it's good to have people behind you, uh, whether it's your local Quaker organization or whether you're up here in New Hampshire surrounded by other people um, and Quakers as well uh, that are also not paying, then I think that makes your, your case that much stronger because you, you've at least got the moral support behind you in the event that something does occur. At least you won't be going at it alone. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. So we're going to return to the topic of three easy steps for secession. In the first hour of the program, we uh, were sharing a a story from Strike the Root. Stuart Brown writing... uh, Strike-the-root.com. Strike-the-root.com. Anyway, step one was to stop voting in Washington's elections and, you know, let people know why you've stopped. It's uh, it's because, in my opinion, that uh, you want to secede. If you're serious about secession, you can't participate in what's going on in Washington, D.C. You need to drop out as much as you possibly can, and that's one way you can do that. I disagree. Um, I think that if you go and vote, people you're going to keep voting vo- after you secede, too, Mark, just so you can uh, reduce the damage to other people. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, and by the way, if you enjoyed this show, please help us out by voting for Free Talk Live. It's a once-a-month thing that we ask you to do. It'll only take you a moment, I mean less than a minute's time to go and do this. What you need to do is go to vote.freetalklive.com, and that's where you use your email address to cast your vote for the show. The email address isn't sold or spammed. It's just used 
as a, a verification thing to make sure that you are a real person and not some sort of robot script uh, that's, that's going and voting for us. So please take a moment to go to vote.freetalklive.com. You can leave a comment if you want. That's optional. Uh, vote.freetalklive.com makes a big difference for us because being number one on that top ten list of podcasts every month, which as we've been for a long time Two now, years. Uh, more than two years we've there been. There was a month there, I think, where we dropped out and we didn't have consistency. I would need to uh, be a brought, uh, you know, somebody needs to make me aware of that. I'm not sure. You can check month. the back. You can go to podcast and you can check every month back. And you can, but you have to check every month. It doesn't just show you. Um, anyway, it's been a long time. We've been number one and we appreciate and it. Number one now, which no, I find not. very disturbing. We are uh, we we need votes. We need your vote. It's not like we're even close. There's 41 votes uh, off the front here. Um, yeah. So uh, please, so we need you. Go vote. It won't. will only take you a moment. Yep. And whether you're a radio listener or an internet listener, this makes a big difference for us because being number one means more internet listeners coming, finding the show, inevitably uh, converting into Free Talk Live amplifiers, uh, and helping promote Free Talk Live far and wide. And when we're when we're uh, when we are number one, we don't bother you with it by asking you to go vote. So just go vote now. Otherwise, we're going to ask you again tomorrow. All right. Vote.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we will talk more about secession. The three-step plan uh, to secession. We'll go to step number two. If you missed step one back in the first hour, grab the archive later tonight. Uh, but step one was basically withdrawing participation from the federal government's voting process and making it known why. Because, well, you're not interested in the federal government anymore. You are a secessionist and you want to get the hell out. So why would you want to participate in their system? Step two, we make clear to the world that as soon as we're able, we will stop funding Washington's madness. And we have no intention of ever paying back Washington's debt. They try to tell you it's your debt, but that's nonsense. Because you didn't encourage this debt they did you had nothing to do with uh, with those decisions you had did not consent to what they have done and so make it clear for years washington has grown in strength by pitting us against one another promising to hand out money to one favored group while quietly stealing it from another they've now overextended their hand and put themselves in a position of weakness that we must exploit if we're ever going to shake them loose. Americans already give over their, over half of their income to government, yeah. and now they're on the hook for at least $200,000 more per person. What if some of the energy and money that in the past went toward winning our place in Washington instead went to spreading the word that anyone who wants out of this ridiculous downward cycle of national debt can get out if they just join us in secession? If enough of us start talking this way, it will most certainly hamper the already crippled Treasury market. If we hamper the Treasury market, we'll have cut off Washington's most valuable income source. And then things get interesting. Another characteristic of successful strategies against Goliath is that David, is so, thorough, David so thoroughly abandons the old rules that Goliath calls foul and is surprised into making mistakes. From the coach of the team in Gladwell's article, quote, my girls were all blonde-haired white girls. This is a basketball team. One time we were playing this all-black team from. This was the this was the basketball team that employed the unusual tactics and actually managed to, to uh, have success. Yeah, have and some success. they were underdogs basically. Yeah, they, the the girls were short and poorly skilled, and their coach was from some other country and really didn't know anything about basketball. So one time we were playing this all-black team from East San Jose, and they had been playing for years. These were born with a basketball girls, and we were just crushing them. We were up 20 to 0. 
We wouldn't even let them inbound the ball, and the coach got so mad, he took a chair and threw it. He started screaming at his girls. And, of course, the more you scream at girls that age, the more nervous they get. (laughs) Already the word treason is getting thrown at the large and growing secessionist movement. A particularly ugly post at Alternet compared secessionists to Timothy McVeigh. MSNBC's Chris Matthews called talk of secession whack job stuff, calling Rick Perry a bozo, saying, You don't have a choice, buddy. Rachel Maddow called secessionist talk flirting to the point of adultery. We should take all of this as evidence that we are on the right track. We should know and be ready for the status insults to get much, much worse. And this leads us to the third step. Which, by the way, I agree completely. When you are being attacked, as uh, Gandhi said, first they uh, they insult you, and then they laugh at you. Which way is it? First they laugh at you, then they insult you. First they first they ignore you. First they ignore you, then, then they, they laugh, laugh at you. At you La- then laughing they... at you is insulting you. Oh, okay. okay. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you. Then they fight then you. you win. Then you win. So uh, we are definitely at the insult uh, phase here in New Hampshire. Uh, there was an article recently at the Keen Sentinel by somebody who says, "Free staters go home," and he spent several paragraphs just just releasing all kinds was of tripe. Uh, some kind of some editorial. Together. I think it was an editorial. I'm not yeah, sure. Well, free staters are home. Column. Yeah, we're not leaving. I'm home. Um, but they're very <laughs> upset. The status are very upset at what's happening here with the activist movement here in New Hampshire, and they're lashing out verbally. And that says to me, as it does, uh, as Brown in this article says, that says to me that we're doing something right. Step three on the path to secession. Even as the state and its cheerleaders grow increasingly hostile toward us, we remain entirely peaceful. And yes. I think this is the most critical step out of all of these. Yep. If there's, you know, I understand being frustrated. Believe me, I understand being frustrated. And angry. I understand being angry. I understand thinking about violent thoughts about the government. I get it. Mm-hmm. But the more you give in to that, the better chance they have of crushing uh, the the movement, the crush, crushing liberty, crushing and you. Ret- yeah, every everything. Think about it. Um, it wasn't uh, you know, in when the South seceded, it wasn't everyone in the South that fired on Fort Sumter. However, everyone in the South was subjugated to the North in, mm. ni- in 1865 when the North came in and took them back over. Good it's point. the talk. Even even entertaining that stuff, I I'm just of the opinion it just doesn't it's it's of no use. Absolutely. At its core, secession is the most peaceful way to solve any political conflict. And if we follow steps one and two, we're likely to see Washington's language grow ugly and their tactics grow desperate. It's crucial that when this happens, that we remain nonviolent. The guns in your garage might be itching to defend your freedom, but you need to leave them there until the next turkey shoot. If there's one thing Washington loves, it's a violent fight. Mm -hmm. And if we engage in one, we're right back to playing their game. Mm -hmm. And you're also lowering yourself to their level. If you stay peaceful, no matter what they do, if you stay peaceful, then you are always taking the higher road. When Washington... hmm? You know, uh, the only um, when it comes to the government, um, employing violence just doesn't simply isn't going to work. So even if they're doing they got the, you the most awful atrocity you can imagine, you're just not going to win. Um, you you're you're better off remaining peaceful, peaceful, remaining vigilant, and uh, you know standing up for what's right and taking the bullet or going to prison or whatever it is that they're going to give you because you're not going to win. Um, when it comes to the violent burglar coming into your house, this this very rare incident where you know this uh, this guy wants to come into the house, steal your stuff, rape your kids and wife, and um, you know just this horrible horrible madman. 
you know, that's the one place I haven't been able to get past the idea of employing violence. But it's such a theoretical idea. The I think it'd be like one in a thousand people may ever have to deal with something this in their life. Maybe less, fewer. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. It's more likely that you'll experience violence from the government. You experience the threat of violence every day from the government. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, by the way, those features include the archive. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours free. Front page of the website, freetalklive.com. AudiblePodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can play them right on your computer, too. You could try them out by downloading a free audiobook at AudiblePodcast.com slash FTL. This is a, I don't know, it's like 10 or $11 value for an audiobook, and it's the whole unabridged audiobook, so you can go get Atlas Shrugged or A Politically Incorrect Guide to American History. Uh, there's all kinds of books over there. Pretty, you know, A lot of the major ones I've seen on the New York Times bestseller are up there. The Audacity of Hope by Barack Obama. All yeah. kinds of books. <laughs> I, I'm not suggesting you get it, but yeah, you might want to read what the enemy has to say. It's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. You don't have that FTL there, you don't get the free book. audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right, 800-259-9231. Just a few more thoughts here from Stephen Brown at strike-the-root.com. The story, secession in three easy steps. Step one uh, was to withdraw from participating in anything in regards to Washington. I mean, he spe- specifically said withdraw from the elections, but you know, withdraw from as much as you can. If you can get out of Social Security, get the hell out of that. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're not paying into the if – if you decide to stop paying taxes, as I think that you should – uh, then you can't collect from the, I mean, you can't morally collect anything from the government if you aren't paying into their system. So once you stop paying into Social Security, you also need to plan for your own retirement. Yeah, well, that makes perfectly good sense. Uh, right. Uh, so, and then step three is even as the state and its cheerleaders. What was number two? Uh, that was to withdraw, stop funding Washington's madness. Okay. So stop voting, stop funding, and then. As the state and its cheerleaders grow increasingly hostile toward us, we remain entirely peaceful. When Washington really starts to lose its cool towards secessionists, if we remain peaceful, Washington's credibility will wane even further and our position will grow stronger. Eventually, this new approach becomes a positive feedback loop. So, step one, we stop voting altogether and proclaim as loud as we can that we're not participating because we have no confidence in the current system. The state's continued decline becomes their problem, not ours, and strengthens the argument in favor of secession. Step two, we proclaim ourselves as secessionists, both in public forums like the Internet and in our own communities. And sitting down at dinner with your parents and friends and and family and let them know. 
As the number of proclaimed secessionists grows, so does the chorus to repudiate the debt. This makes domestic and foreign creditors nervous. The already tanking treasury market will tank even more, depriving Washington of its most powerful source of funding. I'm, I'm not sure what its most powerful source of funding is. I'm no uh, economic expert, but I, I would think that printing out bill, um, that's what money it is. is the most that, But that's what that is. That's the treasury market? That's yes. the same? Step well, three. They, in order to print out the money, they, uh, they write uh, you know, debt notes for it. I see. Step three, as the strength of our position grows through steps one and two, an increasingly threatened state will lash out at us, but we will remain peaceful. The nature of Washington will be laid bare for all to see, which, of course, all government is forced, so that's what people will see. Our position will grow stronger, and the number of people willing to engage in step one will grow. As with all positive feedback loops, all it takes is enough energy on our part to get it started. Eventually, it will have enough momentum that it can't be stopped. In the Soviet Union, it took less than a decade to go from a tyrannical central state to widespread successful secession. And whether the first big leap to freedom happens in New Hampshire, the San Francisco Bay, or outside of any geographical boundary, once the first group secedes, it will be much easier for others to follow. We shouldn't worry if the first step is less than perfect, say if Medicare is replaced with Texacare. If any single group in America pulls off real secession, the game is permanently changed. Secession is the great equalizer that counterbalances the dreadful incentives in a democracy. It's been against the rules for 150 years, and we need to put it back into play. To do so, we'll need the courage to recognize that our current strategy has failed. Defeating Goliath can only happen if we play our own game. So, my friends, put down your sword and pick up your stones. We have a giant to fell. And, you know, um... First off, I think that it's been a while since you read the very first uh, line of this, and I think that the first few lines of this are the most powerful. And I'd like to say that I agree the with... The story about David and Goliath? The, just, yeah, just the, uh, the how uh, little guys tend to win if they use unorthodox ta- tactics. Um, statistically, the underdog tends to win if they use uh, unorthodox tactics. But I think that... You know, the, the the small disagreement I have with this is whether or not you should vote in a federal election or not. I am no longer going to vote in federal elections. Fine. I'm a true secessionist. I, 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 you know, I don't think that there's any point in voting in a federal election. So stop. I, I, but I think that if it makes you feel good, fine. If not, that's fine, too. I do think, however, it's a good opportunity to talk to people about secession. Oh, yeah, talk a lot about secession. Well, people, people like to talk about the election, and then you can say, eh, you know, I can't take it one way or the other. From what I can tell, um, one side's is as bad and awful and tyrannical as the other. So I've decided to stop, and I'm just advocating for secession Absolutely. of the state of New Hampshire or Texas or whatever, wherever you happen to Those be. Those are the conversations that we need to be having. They need to be happening at dinner tables across this country. They need to be happening around the water cooler. They need to be happening on talk radio, your local talk shows. Call them up. Talk to them about it. Call uh, national talk shows talk about it get the idea the concept of secession out there onto the table for people to start mulling over and thinking about because who 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 has looked at the federal government and has said wow this is out of control whether it be the liberals uh, in the bush administration or the conservatives today you can use this terminology giant warfare welfare state because uh, you know, I, I think that that wraps up the two things that uh, the two parties really hate about uh, the the centralized United States government. Yeah. What has it done for you? The, the, what has the giant warfare welfare state in Washington D.C. done for you, except extract your money and spend it very poorly or on things that you morally are against? 
And why is it that you'd want to even stay with that? Deal? Right. Why would you want to stay with the federal government? You know, and the point? I, <laughs> I know how people feel. My favorite, I believe, nope, no, I, I didn't wear, wear it today. I'm not wearing my Captain America t-shirt today, but I, you know, my favorite superhero is Captain America. I love, um, I love the idea of the red, white, and blue, and the, but that's really it. You'll it's still live red, in North white, America. What's that? You'll still live in North America. I will still live session. in America. Captain America still would exist. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, it's... I guess that that's that's it though, right? That's the only thing I've got that that is really just sort of that that love of America thing that's been kind of beaten into me. And really, what patriotism is in the United States is a religion. It's the all pervasive religion. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything and talk to uh, Dan. Is in New Jersey. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Good hey to Dan. Talk to you. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, um, I, I I just tuned in, so I don't know if you've covered any of this yet, but there's been uh, some pretty unfortunate stuff going on over at Bureaucrash. Yes, there has, uh, and no, we have not yet talked about it. I was waiting to hear from someone like you. So fill our listeners in, and let's talk about what can be done about this. Okay, basically, uh, what, what happened was, as uh, a lot of people may know, uh, Pete Ayer, who is now with Motorhome Diaries, uh, who? left the organization uh, Bureaucrash. I thought you said T-Bear. The Pete Air, yeah, gotcha. Air. Try to stay tuned oh, in here. We're trying. No, no. Pete Air and Jason Talley, um, both are formerly of uh, Bureau Crash. I thought T Bear was like an affectionate name for Jason Talley or something. Like yeah, that. that's right. <laughs> T Bear is an affectionate name for Jason Talley. <laughs> we, but we don't. We don't. Bring only he and I use it. Into the public. <laughs> Well, anyway. hold on. Let's set the stage here a little more. Uh, Bureaucrash, okay. for our listeners that don't know, is an organization that was launched by CEI, the Competitive Enterprise Institute, a few years ago. And the purpose was to essentially make liberty into a cool, hip thing that's uh, it's no longer the uh, you know, the world of the think tank and it's no longer the world of, uh, of academia. They're, they're essentially, the, the goal, is my, as I understood it, at least a Bureaucrash, was to make liberty cool and hip and uh, and bring young people into the movement. That was the point of bureaucrash, and of course to advocate uh, getting in there, uh, getting into the system and sort of crashing it, uh, doing things that are, are a little outside the box, a little unusual. And I think that uh, they had some great growth and some uh, some wonderful success in the early years under the direction of our friends Jason Talley and Pete Ayer, who are the two uh, for, former crashers-in-chief of bureaucrash. They have since left the organization and so there was therefore the uh, the opening to fill for the new crasher in chief position. They've made their decision as to who they want, and some people are very upset about their choice. We'll come back with Dan and more of your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, if you support this show and you want to help uh, get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations, and spread the word about freedom as far and as wide as possible. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only chat room, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. We're talking about a disturbing development in the liberty world, uh, we've, we're liberty people. We are interested in, uh, in achieving freedom, uh, liberty in our lifetime. And, 
And to that end, there are a number of great organizations out there that are working toward a similar end. Uh, and I, I could go down the list of them, but they don't have time for it because there are so many of them out there. But one of the newer ones on the scene is the Bureaucrash organization at Bureaucrash.com. That's their website. We've had the former oh, crashers. Been around almost go- going in more than five years. years. Is that long, really? Yeah. I've only been aware of them for a couple, uh, two or three years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but they really, I think they've really made a splash uh, as of recently. Uh, they've started to get bigger, and the uh, the bureaucrash social website has been getting more and more popular. Mm-hmm. They've got their own social, uh, what do you call those? Social networking, networking site? web websites. And so we were actually we've been promoting that in the past, and we've had former crashers in chief Jason Talley on the show. We've had former crasher in chief Pete Ayer on the show. Both of those guys are actually touring the country right now uh, in the Motorhome Diaries, and I'm sure we'll hear from them again. But uh, Jason or and Jason and Pete are no longer in charge of the organization, and so the crasher in chief chair was open up until a few days ago when they filled the uh, the organization behind Bureaucrash CEI filled the chair with someone named Lee Doran. And we've got Dan on the line in New Jersey. And Dan, uh, you're pretty upset about this. When I first saw the story about this guy getting appointed, it didn't look good. I didn't, there wasn't a lot of detail on what he believed. uh, But when I clicked over on his blog, I saw links to like Michelle Malkin and other conservative, neoconservative right wing organizations. And that was pretty disturbing to me. I thought, well, you know, maybe this guy is on the right track. Maybe he's He's moving toward freedom and, and coming to understand liberty. Uh, but then again, I was wondering why they would appoint someone like that to an organization called Bureaucrash in the first place. And I just want to get your thoughts on who this guy is. What have your observations been? What do people need to know about him? And then what can we do about it, Dan? Okay. Well, uh, my background with Bureaucrash is actually it was one of the very first um, libertarian or liberty-oriented organizations that I got involved with when uh, I, I discovered these ideas back when I was in high school, and that was in 2001. And this is actually before, uh, actually even before Jason Talley was uh, involved. There was a, another crasher in chief before him. Hmm. So uh, I've I've been in the organization for a while, and uh, I'm you know there are a lot of unanswered questions right now going on about exactly what uh, CEI, the Competitive Enterprise Institute, is is doing. Uh, if they're that out of touch with what the organization is. Uh, if they're just naive or if they're intentionally trying to uh, steer it toward more of a uh, kind of Republican neocon thing. But uh, basically this all started Saturday night. Um, Lee Doran, as you mentioned, uh, posted, um, you know, sort of a meet Lee Doran um, bio, and uh, he's since pulled that down um, really? off of the website because of the uh, the negative reaction. He, he kind of, you know, ran over his uh, – you know, his achievements and uh, kind of his resume, he's a, uh, a recent law graduate uh, from, from Illinois. That's but, a bad uh, sign. He's been, yeah. He, he's been uh, uh, blogging over at uh, rightwingnews.com. Bad sign. Site, but, uh, I mean, that's, that's significant, right wing news. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a little alarming. Um, he, he also has a video blog on, on YouTube called How the World Works. And uh, I've I've watched actually a lot of his videos, and they're all just kind of uh, kind of rants. I mean, uh, honestly, if you if you were just reading the transcript of it with no name, you would think it was Sean Hannity or, or Rush Limbaugh. Mm. Um, they're really just slamming uh, Democrats, slamming leftists. There's very little uh, criticism of of Republicans or uh, any sort of you know people you would, you would call uh, conservatives. 
Um, when there's some alarming things, he's made some statements. Uh, he's uh, in one video is discussing, uh, you know, nuclear proliferation in uh, Iran and in uh, North Korea, and he says uh, that I, I want America to have as many nukes as possible, and that he, he uh, basically because he wants America to be the strongest country in the world. Um, in, uh, in another video, he says that um, you know. For, forget uh, forget about whether waterboarding is torture or not, because it, it doesn't matter. It well, doesn't it, matter. It mattered to the American servicemen that it was done to in World War II, and they called it torture. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, the, the thing is that, um, you know, initially a lot of people, of course, uh, I, I was thinking, you know, okay, give the guy a chance, maybe... Uh, That's what I was thinking maybe, at the beginning of this call. Maybe people's, uh, you know, initial reactions are just that, you know, hey, who's this new guy um, coming in and, and trying to run things? But, uh, he, uh, you know, immediately off the bat, people were trying to uh, ask him about his positions. He was given really uh, cryptic kind of politician answers, mm-hmm. uh, not, not giving direct answers to questions. And uh, really just a, a condescending kind of attitude, you know. Right. Um, it sounds to me like he's only interested in crashing the bureaucracies that the, the Democrats support. If uh, it's a Republican bureaucracy like the military, this guy's all in favor of it. So, I mean, right on its face, the term bureaucrat doesn't seem to uh, be – it doesn't seem to be an organization that, that someone like this, a partisan uh, guy like this, should be uh, should be running. Uh, yeah. It's very disturbing well, to me, and I think it's more evidence that there is a concerted effort – to take over liberty-oriented organizations on a national level like they did with the Libertarian Party. It's been infiltrated by neoconservatives or conservatives or whatever the hell you want to call them, people that do not agree with the non-aggression principle, uh, to take over and essentially make them into useless organizations that do absolutely nothing uh, to advance liberty in our lifetime and just basically wrest them away from truly principled people that actually do believe in freedom. And I think the Libertarian Party has gone so far that they can't be saved. I personally believe that I'm not going to spend any of my time trying to save the uh, the Libertarian Party. But I think Bureaucrash is a cool organization, and I think it's relatively still new on the scene. I think it it's not too late here to uh, to turn this around. Uh, and by the way, I, I was talking with Jason Talley from MotorhomeDiaries.com uh, earlier today, and he mentioned to me that people have been asking this Lee Doran guy all kinds of questions, as you had said, and he's been getting, giving vague answers. But I was told that he apparently has... Uh, basically said that he does not support the non-aggression principle in any way. But so, from whom? Jason yeah, Talley told me that. Um, yeah, it was really difficult. We were uh, a lot of the users there were in a chat room with him today, and Zach Fix, I, you guys probably uh, know him. Zach Fix uh, is the former host of Bureaucrash's Podcrash. Zach instant messaged me over the weekend to say he was quitting the organization over this. Yeah, and uh, I, I haven't talked with him one-on-one, but today he kind of moderated a chat, let a lot of us ask questions without overwhelming uh, the, the Lee Doran guy. And, uh, you know, he was kind of evasive on the non-aggression uh, principle. He's, uh, he's, he's made statements like, uh, I, inter- or I define self-defense more loosely than most of you do. Uh, he's also said things like, well, I, I don't think Iraq was a good idea, but now that they're now that we're there, we have to win. Oh, jeez. And I I just don't know what that means. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, but uh, anyway, basically, uh, a lot of us there are um, trying to you know turn the organization around. Of course, I I think that CEI has made a, a terrible 
choice in hiring him. Yeah, this is a big uh, I told, mistake. I, I spoke with I spoke with Lee uh, today one on one. I said, look, this this isn't personal. I'm discouraging people from making personal attacks against you, but um, this is CEI screw up. Uh, you were a bad choice for the job, and you know that that that's basically it. The 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 thing is that. Uh, Bureaucrash, I mean, anyone can be a member. Anyone can come and contribute on the social networking site. But if you're going to be the leader of the organization, you need to have principles that are in line with um, the, the membership. Well, I think that you need to if you want me to continue being a member. And I think that's what maybe needs to happen here is, and I don't know what you guys have planned, but basically let CEI know that if they don't make a change on this and quickly – uh, we're going to pull out from supporting the organization, and uh, I'm going to close down my Bureaucrash social account, and I, you know, I have no interest in making any mention of Bureaucrash in the future if they yeah, don't change I'm anything. Not sure, I, I mean, I'm not sure that CEI cares. I've, I've uh, emailed – Well, I'm the, interested uh, in what they have to say well, about it. I, I've emailed the individual who is uh, supposedly um, – that Lee Doran reports to um, and given him my thoughts, and I know some other people have as well. Uh, I've started a, a group over on the social networking by Bureaucrash Social called uh, Countering the Crasher in Chief. Let us know, Dan, what they say when they get back to you, because I uh, definitely would. I am not interested in continuing to promote an organization that is not going to be in line with liberty. And if they don't make a change, I think that uh, we need to have a mass exodus. I thank you for the call from tonight. Bureaucrash. Keep us in the loop. Thank you. Yes, from Bureaucrash. Hour three coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You dial toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We start things out with your phone calls. Husto is on the line in Texas. Husto, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Husto. Husto going once. Husto in Texas going twice. Okay, well, right. hello. He's not, oh, hello, that, he hello, Husto. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry. That's all right. You're um, on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to ask you guys about some uh, libertarian activism or freedom activism. Um, do you guys know of any, because uh, I'm in the University of Texas right now, and mm-hmm. I want to try to get some uh, free market speakers on, but sometimes it's expensive, and, you know, I don't feel like using, like, the, the, the tax funds that the university can provide, because, you know, that'd be wrong. So uh, do you know of any libertarian think tanks that, that help out with those kinds of things to bring speakers and stuff? I really question. don't. Um, I, you know, I, our listeners likely would be able to come up with better stuff than uh, than we would. Um, perhaps you could try uh, bbs.freetalklive.com and uh, go post there, and I'll, I'll bet you some people would answer with uh, some kind of knowledge there. Yeah, I, I like that idea. Go over to the Free Talk Live BBS. Also, maybe get in touch with the Texas uh, Libertarian Party. They may have some local uh, speakers that wouldn't have to drive as far or to to get to where uh, you are and wouldn't necessarily charge as it's much. It's my understand FEE might be able to help you out as well as uh, Atlas. Is what it was Atlas that? What Society? Was that third FEE one? is the Foundation for Economic, Economic Education, I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. 
And the Atlas, Atlas and, uh, Society or whatever? At the Atlas Foundation? Atlas Foundation, okay. Okay, Atlas Foundation. All right, who still does that help out? Yeah, uh, add one more thing yes, to sir. comment, if I may. Um, like, um, I don't know, I I know you guys think that using using the state to uh, to uh, enhance freedom is, is bad, but like, you know, uh, Mary Ruert, she was she was running for the LP nomination and she lost it. If if she would have won, would you guys have had problems voting for her? Absolutely not. Oh, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. Although I will not uh, vote anymore in national elections uh, because I propose I am promoting uh, proposing uh, and promoting the idea of secession. So would I have voted for Mary Ruart last year? Certainly. Uh, would I vote for okay. her in 2012? I will not participate in 2012. But why, why not? If it's Mary Ruer, you know. Well, we spent like, uh, the first I hour. Will. Mark will because he's, no, a, I, I, he's I not a real secessionist. I, I heard, I heard, but like, but if if you know if if people like Mary are 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 still able to, you know, I guess work the system and she but could she can't. Pos- she could possibly destroy. Even if Mary Ruart won you know? the election, uh, there's not much that she can do. I mean, she can release some people from prison. That would be great. She may be able to pull some troops over. I mean, so there's some things that she could do. She cannot that, attack a state that decides to secede. She could do that too. Uh, there are some things that she could do, but for the most part, uh, you and I both know Mary Ruard is not going to win uh, the, the you know the presidential race. There's no, there's just no chance that anybody who is promoting liberty is going to win a national election when all of the other candidates are promising giveaways to the voters. So um, you know, if you support secession as I do, uh, I think you should do what Stuart Brown suggests, as uh, as I was reading earlier tonight. And that is withdraw your support completely from the national level politics. Okay. But if you want to keep supporting them, you know, by all means, go right ahead and, you know, maybe Mary Rudd will get over 500,000 votes, which would be more than any other libertarian candidate has in the last decade. If you oh, have... and uh, Barry Cooper is running for Texas Attorney General, so he could, like, release a lot of, uh, you know, uh, nonviolent uh, marijuana users. Can the Attorney General do that? Well. I don't know whether the huh? AG can do that, but uh, maybe um, they can probably go after the ones that are being prosecuted right now. However, this article did not advocate not voting for people on a state level. This it, article only correct. advocated not voting for uh, people on a national level. So really what all you're giving up is um, one person you can't name in your, uh, you know, your, the, the House representative you have for the national House, the two senators, the senators whom you can't name either, uh, the pre- I guess the president um, and the vice president. Okay, so just like those types. Okay. Well, that that's what this article claims. I, you know, I mean, I I think that it I think that there's some good points. I am not ready to say, "Oh, yeah, just uh, there's no the, no good reason to vote." I think if there you want to no vote, reason. if you want to vote, you should go ahead and vote if it makes you feel good. However, I think you're better off using the opportunities that you get uh, you know, throughout in that time frame, the voting time frame, talking to people to advocate for secession like uh, by and I I see where the author's point is and he, he makes a very powerful it point on it. But you have to hear the author make the point to understand why it's powerful. Having us sit here and try to try, try to rehash the article that we just read um, in the first hour right. doesn't make any sense. Go to uh, strike-the-root.com and read uh, Stuart Brown's article. 
Thank you for the call tonight, Thanks. Husto. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Of course, you could always just keep going along with whatever the federal government shoves down your throat, in which case be on the lookout for the VAT tax. As we discussed last week, the so-called value-added tax has uh, certainly uh, been proposed. It's been put on the table. Whether it'll come through or not, I don't know. It's just a proposal, and it's hard to get too up in arms about all of the tyrannical proposals that are out there because there sure are enough of them. But I think it would behoove us to at least understand what a VAT tax actually is and how it affects businesses that have to deal with it, like businesses in 130 of the countries around the world. In Europe, for instance, VAT tax is all over the place there. And so Anna has emailed the show to tell us what it's like, and I presume Anna is a female, to tell us what it is like to have to deal with a VAT tax as a business. And we've explained before that the VAT tax essentially... Uh, is a tax that is added into the cost of a product at every, basically, production level. So as uh, trees are cut down and turned into wood and sold to people that make chairs, the value-added tax is added in at the point at which the wood, the, the raw wood, is sold to the chair manufacturer. And then the chair manufacturer puts the chairs together, they sell them to the retailers, and another one is added before it gets to the retailer. So the retailer has to pay another value-added mm-hmm. tax. If there are more links in the chain... If there's a distributor... Uh, for for instance, the furniture industry, man. it's my understanding that that often happens. If there's yep. a distributor, well, then that's added in that link of the chain, too. Correct. So the more so links, if it's 10%, um, it's 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Right. Yeah. So that should give you some basic understanding of what it is. And here's what Anna says. I was listening to the show on Thursday and heard you talk about the value-added tax. I own a company in my country and would like to explain the mechanics of this tax to you, so hopefully you can share it with your listeners. That is a European invention, and I believe most countries imitate the French or Spanish regulations, so it works pretty much the same everywhere, and it's a lot worse than you think. It's called VAT because it assumes that when stuff goes from one place to another in the economy, it increases in value, which is mostly true. Every step of the chain adds more value to the product or service, and I'll give you a practical example with a VAT of 10%. A guy owns pine trees in Buffalo and decides to cut them and produce pine wood. He wants to sell it. If he wants to sell it, rather, he must bill his buyers for the price of the wood plus 10% VAT. So if he sells $100 in wood, the bill should read taxable amount 100, VAT 10. A furniture factory buys $100 worth of wood for $110 and makes four chairs, which then sells which then sells for $200. It has added value, turning useless wood into very useful chairs. They must now bill the chairs this way. Taxable amount $200 for one chair, plus 10%. That $20. Total price $220 for the chair. A store owner in a New York in New York buys the four chairs for $220 each. He must pay the shipping company $80 in shipping plus $8 in VAT. So it you you pay for just the shipping? Yep. Wow. The chairs are now costing $308. Moving the chairs to the big city where demand for them is higher added value to them. So he decides to sell them for $400. When he adds VAT, chairs are now priced at $440. This gets more complicated since you pay VAT for everything you buy for your business, from the raw materials that you need, the wood, to the rent of your office space, and the paper clips and software that your management uses. In most VAT regulations I have seen, the final consumer being the target of the tax, all the intermediate businesses can deduct the VATs they've paid from the VATs they've collected through the month. 
Our store owner in the example would collect $40 and deduct the $38 he has paid. But keeping track of all these bills gets messy, and many things are not deductible if they're not billed to your exact company's name and taxpayer ID number. Uh, you following this so far? Of course, yeah. You're going to lose out on that. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. More of that on the way. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the bulletin board system. Uh, there are a lot of posts there, over 450,000 of them, as a matter of fact, all free for you. So get interactive over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, there are a lot of reasons why you might want to hide your valuables around your home. StashYourSwag.com gives you more than 100 common places around your home. Most of them involve little or no modification and those that do cost are very, very affordable. Uh, the guide contains detailed pictures to help you. And you can get it for less than seven bucks at stashyourswag.com. That's stashyourswag.com. As we continue here, uh, sharing an email from one of our European listeners, a business owner over there who is explaining to us Anna. how it, Anna, who uh, is explaining to us how it is this VAT tax actually works, because we never had to experience this, thank goodness, here in America. Though it's a proposal that is on the table, people are talking about possibly bringing this here to America, where every single link in the product chain uh, from the very base level uh, components of a product to the final product, every single uh, step in getting that product to the end consumer, there's a tax added. Whether it's the shipping it from one point to another, or it's adding uh, a new feature, or putting it together, or distributing it, every single step in the chain, the VAT tax is added in there. And so that's what she's explaining to us. She's explaining that it's even worse than we realize. She says that uh, it gets complicated uh, since you pay a VAT tax for everything that you buy for the business, from the raw materials that you need to the rent of your office space to the paper clips and the software management uses. Keeping track of all you these... You pay a VAT on the rent of an office space? I mean... Uh, what she says. Exactly when does they... I mean, that's not a value add at that point, really. I mean, you're not... You value added it once. I mean, rent... Rent isn't the same as buying. I don't know. It doesn't make any what sense she to me. Says, I, I believe her. I'm not saying that she's lying. I'm saying it doesn't make doesn't any sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It's, it's a, government. Uh, it's an improper application to me of, uh, of, of the tax. You don't get to make the rules. Mark. No, no, that's how it goes with government. But keeping track of all these bills gets messy, and many things aren't deductible, and if they've not been billed to your company's exact name and taxpayer ID number. I have phone lines, electricity, and cable t- uh, television bills, which I cannot deduct because they come in the mail billed to the previous owner of the office space. Employees' salaries and benefits are also not that deductible. Since this is a very burdensome tax, ranging from 5 to 21 percent around the world, consumers and businesses will try to evade it whenever possible. And now when the IRS realizes this, they will issue regulations regarding billing procedures. In my country, you are forced to buy all billing pads from an authorized IRS or its local equivalent printing shop. So the printing shop can send a report to the tax agency of how many billing pads your company has ordered and their numeration. 
These pads are mechanically numbered so they can monitor and track all of your operations. And you must save all bills, even the ones with errors and the ones which got stuck and broke inside your printer. And avoid losing any of them in order to demonstrate to the tax inspector your monthly sales. I bought an authorized billing pad back in April and paid the equivalent of $150 for 300 U.S. letter-sized sheets. A very thin, cheap bond paper, which usually gets stuck in the printer, destroying around 15% of the pad. A ream of 500 sheets of HP brand high-quality office paper costs $5 here. So 300 of these sheets for $150. That's 50 cents per page. It's like a, a it's a, it's a tax on top of the, uh, the the tax sheets. That's right, and the authorized you can only buy them from authorized printers. So whoever it is that's buddies with uh, the IRS gets the authorization deals on being able to be the exclusive printer of these products. Uh, like the deluxe checks company, they get I don't know what the deal is with those guys, but they manage to sell every single check in the world for uh, for all the banks that I've ever seen. Mm. So it's a sweet deal for whoever's running that paper company. Anyway, she says if markets, or if rather if merchandise is stolen and damaged from your inventory, you must prove it to the tax agency by showing them a fire department report or police report. Or you must include the VAT of its market value in your monthly tax form. So if you can't prove it, you've got to pay. If you give away merchandise as a charity or a gift... So what happens if a rat destroys something? I mean, do you have to call the fire department? Pay. I don't know if they're going to write up a report on that. No. If, <laughs> the fire department should not be called for a rat. Yeah. If you give away merchandise as charity or gifts, many regulations will require you to pay its VAT anyway, just in case you're lying. Crazy. These kinds of regulations show you how strongly these agencies fear the high tax rate or high rate of evasion of the, the VAT tax. Some foodstuffs or services, like medical bills, for example, may be exempt. But in time, the VAT tends to grow, like all government programs do. Of course. And exemptions tend to disappear. It will apply to businesses and professionals, lawyers, architects, etc., making a certain amount of sales first, and then to everyone dealing with products or services. Every month, you will add up all the VAT you've collected and go to a local tax agency or bank and make a deposit into the National Treasury. Sadly, I spend most of my administrative time doing this work for the government which renders me furthermore into their unwilling tax collector. Yeah, she can't be trying to do, you know, the work that she intended to be, you know, get into the business as. She has to work for the government. I can't imagine having to deal with uh, obeying government regulations in my business, doing free talk live. But I've got enough on my plate as it is, let alone to have to go and jump through a bunch of hoops and file paperwork and, it, and all that. No if thanks. It, if it took any more work, I just don't know how we'd do it. I sell advertisements, she said, and I have some major agencies as clients. These huge companies usually pay really late, yes, 60 they do. to 120 days yes. after they get the bill. Mm-hmm. But when I make my bill in my strictly numbered pad, I must pay the 12% tax in advance to the government, even though I haven't received the payment from my clients. And these amounts are big, and I hope that inflation doesn't eat away my profit. I wish we had an office of SACL CAI over here. Hmm. Does SACL CAI do international collections? I, I you would have to ask them. I, it's worth the ask. Maybe I'll forward this to Jason and uh, get in, she can get in touch with them. 
Probably there you not. Have I bet there's there's uh, regulations. Yeah, yeah, regulations. I would just guess. So there you have it. There's the VAT tax as described from uh, by a uh, businesswoman over there in Europe. It sounds like absolute hell. It does. So well, it, but all the taxes do. I mean, it's it's arduous to collect these things for the government. And sure, they, it is, and that's why people need to stop. You know, if you want to put a stop to the federal government, you need to stop supporting them. You need to voluntarily uh, stop choosing to send them money, to stop obeying their demands and their diktats, uh, their arbitrary d- rules that they're setting for your business. So you have to, again, ask yourself, if you aren't ready to stop now, what will it take? Will it be the VAT tax? If they implement a VAT tax and dra- dramatically increase the cost of doing business and the costs of the products that are uh, passed on to the, your consumers, because if the uh, costs go up, the consumers are not going to be too interested in buying your products anymore, and it'll be very, very difficult uh, to compete in the marketplace, especially in, in a recessionary situation. It's hard enough to compete in the marketplace. Yeah. I, I, what's it going to take? How many taxes do they have to tack on? How many new rules and regulations? Do they have to add to your business in order for you to say, enough is enough, I'm not participating anymore, I don't owe you this money, I never agreed to pay it to you in the first place, screw off. 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free on the website, so enjoy those, including the chat room. It is open to the public now, uh, so we brought back the public chat. You can go to chat.freetalklive.com. Those of you who are Free Talk Live amplifiers have access to a special amp-only chat, which you know how to get to if you're an amplifier. So uh, for those of you in the public, chat.freetalklive.com. If you have uh, sensitive uh, sensitive scalp or sens- uh, sensitive skin, you can try Unicure.com, or if you just want beautiful hair like mine, Unicure.com, call 888-UNICURE. It's Unicure.com. I've been using it for more than a year. Uh, I started using it before I started endorsing it. I just want you to know I love this product, Unicure.com. All right, let's continue here. We'll take your phone calls about whatever you want. We go to someone who is claiming to be Lee Doran in Illinois. Lee, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, Ian and Mark. I appreciate taking my call. Yeah, I was just told to uh, contact here. I am officially the new uh, crasher-in-chief of Beer Crash, and I just wanted to introduce myself to the audience. I, it's my It's my understanding that... Um, this, this show is very popular among the people of Bureau Crash, and so I figured I'd call in and kind of introduce myself o- over the phone uh, as it is right now. Well, I appreciate you doing that. Uh, we're gonna hold, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire here. Go ahead with your uh, introduction. I'm going to ask you some questions after that. Hello? Hello, can you hear us? Hello? Can you, hello, Lee, can you hear us? Lee? I'm going to lose the call. I, lo- we, didn't, we didn't lose anything. We can hear you. Head Are you to a there, landline, sir? Lee. Lee, Hello? going once. Hello? Okay, we're having some trouble Hello. here. We're going to put him back on hold. Uh, we'll see if we can make that work, because our listeners are very concerned uh, over uh, Lee. 
and his appointment to the crasher-in-chief position at Bureaucrash. There has been a an entire group created called Countering the Crasher-in-Chief. Bureaucrash is an organization that... Uh, up until recently, has had very principled uh, individuals uh, who love liberty and understand the non-aggression principle running the organization. And from everything I've heard, and obviously we haven't heard from Lee himself until now, uh, from everything I've heard from those who've been paying close attention, he doesn't seem to have the same level of uh, of principle that uh, his predecessors have or had. And uh, it's disturbing to me as as somebody who supports uh, the the organization. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to iron some of this out, get him to uh, be able to speak for himself and to answer the you know the questions. That's the himself. very best uh, thing is uh, you know getting it from the horse's mouth, and I'm glad that he did call in. It shows that uh, you know it, it shows that he has leadership capability. Sure, and uh, yeah, I certainly. I don't think anyone that. ever disputed that, by the way. Uh, when I, when my board op uh, has been able to uh, rescreen Lee to make sure that he is able to hear what's going on, uh, please just give uh, give us a heads up. That way, we can go to that when the time is appropriate. Toll free number here. Maybe you, uh, if we keep Lee on the line, he comes back here in a moment. If you've got a question for him, uh, you are welcome to. He is still on the line. Uh, go ahead and dial in if you've got a question for Lee. He's on the line with us. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Lee, are you there, sir? Yes, I am. I'm real, I, I heard the last part um, of what you said, maybe like the last minute or so. Um, but, you know, I'm free to, to answer questions. I'm an open book. You know, I understand that, you know, my uh, personal political views uh, may have uh, differed from uh, Pete or, or Jason or any of the previous uh, people on Bureaucrash, but it's also my understanding to be very sensitive of the current establishment of bureaucrats, not to ruffle any feathers in any, in any way, shape, or form, and to be very understanding of, of their goal. The, one, the thing that I can offer to bureaucrats, and, and I, I'm assuming this is the reason why I was hired, is because I can find people who are major supporters of liberty, bring them into the cause, bring, us, bring them into the bait, and where we can work to fighting liberty together. And that is my ultimate goal, is number one is the promotion of liberty and to help people explore their, their path to, to the promotion of liberty. Um, although I understand that my personal views are slightly more mainstream than the people of bureaucrats. Now, I when am, you say slightly say. more mainstream, Lee, do you mean that you support aggressing against peaceful people? Uh, no. There is a difference. I, I personally was against the Iraq War. Um, okay. Absolutely against it. I, I held the, the view that once you tell – this is my personal view – once you tell people, wrongly so, wrongly so – that you will defend them if they step out and fight fight the oppressors in their in their neighborhood, and you promise that you're going to back them. I, I have a serious problem with 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 backing out once that promise is made, meaning that you will you will leave them to to the slaughter. Now, that, it that, that seems to me like you're talking. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but it seems to me that you're talking about a particular policy matter and, and your viewpoint on that, and it wasn't really the, the basis of my question. My question was about aggressing against na- your peaceful neighbors, and that doesn't have necessarily anything to do with a, a one specific war that the, the U.S. federal government is involved in. Are you familiar with the non-aggression principle? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I am familiar with the non-aggression principle, and what, 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 let me clarify one thing first before I answer your question directly. Um, my personal um, uh, geopolitical national views in no way uh, will be promoted on on, on bureaucrats. Uh, the national issues, I feel, should kind of be, in my in my view, since they do differ slightly from the, from the people on bureaucrats. I understand that that is something that is not going to be taken to the forefront and pushed in any way. 
Um, the fact, the very fact that I may hold these differing views, you know, some people may find unacceptable in any way, shape, or form. Now, to answer your question directly about the non-interventionist principle, um, my understanding of self-defense um, is maybe slightly broader than some people. Let me give you an example for that. Uh, one, one example is if someone's running at you uh, with, with, a, with a baseball bat, um, how far do you have to wait until that person hits you in the face before you, you say, shoot that person. Um, the, I, I view foreign policy in a similar sense where some people may say you are aggressing against somebody else before they've actually taken a far enough step uh, to aggress against you. And that's why I, I address the, the individual policy positions that I have. Now, uh, uh, Lee, I, I understand. I understand where you're coming from on that, and, and I, I do think that it's often uh, when it comes to the non-aggression principle, it is a matter of timing as to uh, you know when people can can view it uh, as being you know the right time. I I, I feel that um, in the case of uh, the United States foreign policy, that the right time has always come too soon, and that as a result, we, you know, the United States people have had to pay for huge, uh, hugely expensive wars uh, overseas. However, I can see how the bureaucrats. Uh, how you know your foreign beliefs on foreign policy really don't have anything to do with the job on bureaucrash. My question is, um, how is it that you are going to the the, the position of Crasher in Chief has been held by people who have believed in no government intervention and right. in people's lives, and they the you know, the organizations have been uh, basically revolution. The organization has been revolutionary um, in throwing overthrowing uh, more or less the you know the aggressive force of the United States government on its own people. I'm wondering how a person like you, and from what I'm hearing. Uh, you know, kind of like the Republican guy that I used to be, how a person like you is going to be effectively be in the role of a man who is, you know, previously has have people have been trying to get the aggressive force of government out of people's lives, uh, but you support, say, a certain level of aggressive force. That's that's what I'm having a difficult time understanding, Lee. Well, well, what I can offer is is a, a mutual goal. Um, like I said, which is, which is the promotion of liberty. Now, what I see around me, and this may be a differing view from, from the uh, total voluntarist, is I see around me all the walls are crumbling in. We're getting totally bankrupt. The government's now going to be micromanaging our energy. The, the international. Wait, before you go on, be... Lee, uh, just before you go on, was that happening a year ago when George Bush was in office? Yes. Okay, oh, absolutely. great. When, go when, ahead. When, he voted, when he voted for the. Uh, look. look you are you're going to find many you know I'll I'll just say this word and you might disagree with the word but ma- you know mainstream I'll just say it cuz you know what I'm talking about mainstream people you know libertarians like me um that are going to disagree with George Bush's policies I thought George Bush was a terrible president to be totally honest me too terrible okay but but my but my biggest um concern was the was the American are you hearing me okay? Oh, yeah, we got you. I'll tell you what, it's the music that throws people off. Hang on, Lee. I want to bring you back. I want to continue this discussion. Uh, would you mind taking a few phone calls if we get some for you? Oh, absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Hang on. More with Lee uh, Lee Doran, the new crasher-in-chief at Bureaucrash. Uh, we'll come back, uh, talk a little bit more about the non-aggression principle, because I don't think that's been really put on the table yet. Our listeners that are brand new need to understand what it is. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free 
Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call. If you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And uh, tonight, this program is brought to you by SACL CAI. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections early out billing and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. The controversy has been bubbling over on the air tonight over Bureaucrash.com, the Bureaucrash organization hiring a brand-new crasher-in-chief. The organization, as my understanding, was dedicated to uh, helping spread free market principles to young people in America, and I think they've been doing a super job of it so far. I've been a I've been a bureaucrat supporter for uh, for a while, at least you know uh, visibly on this show. I like the the clothing that they have. I think it's very hip. It's a very cool organization. And the news uh, has been recently that they've hired somebody to take the crasher in chief position, who, in uh, the opinion of those who have been looking closely at him, uh, does not really, I think qualify in that he doesn't uh, support true freedom he doesn't support the you know the the idea of not aggressing against uh, one's neighbors and uh, I want to bring back Lee and I am going to hold your feet to the fire on this Lee and I thank you for having the, the you know the, the, the yeah absolutely like I said I, I'm happy to answer any calls you have or any we do have one holding or, or, uh, Lee Doran okay, is well, on I'll the first, line I'll first, but let me first answer hello yeah Go you're ahead. right here Oh, let me first address your concern about me answering the non-aggression principle, and I'll answer it directly. Can you define what the non-aggression principle is? I have no right to harm anyone else unless that person harms me, and that, that is that is my understanding of it, unless, unless you have a different definition. And for not uh, invading or, or aggressing against any country unless that country aggresses against you. As I defined it earlier, um, I, well, I do support that. Um, as I defined it earlier, the, the issue is oh, how broadly do you define uh, self-defense? And do you have to wait until you are actually attacked? Like my, my baseball bat example, if someone's running at you with a baseball bat, um, do you have a right to shoot that person before he hits you over the head, or do you have to wait? Yeah, I see um, where, you're, what you're com- where you're coming from there, but what you're doing, to, it seems to me, is conflating uh, individuals defending themselves uh, to the concept of a collective uh, defending itself, which, of course, uh, I'm not a, a subscriber to. So, uh, my, I'm fine if the politicians want to fight each other. As yeah. you know, a matter of fact, I'd pay to see it. But my, my <laughs> issue is you can, you can say everything you want about what uh, so-and-so country did or the governments of whatever those countries are over there did and what they deserve as a result of that. But if I'm not interested in paying for what is happening on a, on a national level, uh, whether it be things that the government is doing to our own, uh, the people that live here in this country, or things the government, is people, uh, the government is doing to people around the world, the government will aggress against me in order to force me to support their programs. So regardless of the details of the foreign policy, the aggression is happening right here at home, and I'm wondering how you feel about that. Well, I, I, first of all, I, I am, I am, you know, I, I, I think I stated as as clearly as as I can. I understand stand your argument that if the government chooses to to use its you know military in a way that you don't support, they are in a sense taxing you through the use of force to go through and in the, in your name in effect use use the military in a way which you do not support. I don't support um, the military. Period. 
Okay, well, look, we can have, re- we can have reasonable disagreements about that. But we can't and disagree it, about it uh, because they're going to throw me in a jail cell because of my disagreement. Do you support that? Do I support you throwing in a jail cell for not paying taxes? Is That's that correct. what you're referring to? Yeah. Um, look, I, I support paying taxes, and and one of the taxes I, I do support is the fair tax. I understand you wouldn't you wouldn't be satisfied with that either because it would it would go against your principles. So you do support throwing well, me in a jail cell? Lee, just want to clear that up. <laughs> Lee, um, I, I I don't want you to feel put upon here, but I guess uh, what I'm I trying want, no, no, but I I want to I want to clarify and make sure I answer every question directly. I want it to. Be I can hear the truth and the honesty in your voice, and I appreciate it, man. And I'm I'm sure that people do uh, that are listening. And you know to know where you stand, and I I know that there are people out there that support where you're you know coming from at the same time. Um, what I'm kind of I guess you know when I what I hear is uh, you have been hired as the chief of a what, what really is a revolutionary organization. By revolutionary, I mean you know people that are advocating for a, you know entirely different form of government uh, than the one we have today, or at least this is what the organization has been for up until this point. And the, some of those people have uh, employed as a means to, uh, you know, get out from under the rule of the United States government, uh, not paying their taxes. Um, and now you are the leader of this organization of some of these people who choose not to pay income taxes, and you're advocating that they do from people that, you know, the, uh, leaders that had advocated in a different direction previously. And I'm just, to me, it kind of feels like. If they appointed me as pope or to the Supreme Court, it like it doesn't. It, it seems incongruous. Well, look, I, like I said, I am going to be open to the views of, of bureaucrats. I appreciate I know that. What, 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 hold on, but, but let, let me just understand this. I understand we probably got only what about probably five minutes left. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to be able to call on the phone to be able to answer all the direct questions as possible, and I want to explain my purpose of bureaucrats, which is certainly not to turn it to my own pet project, certainly not to turn it to a Republican youth organization. These are, there are certain views that I personally have that may be different from the organization. But what I can offer, what I can offer to bureaucrats is to increase um, the, the number of liberty-loving individuals, libertarians, to the organization, and we will have some people um, I, I'm currently on bureaucrats that are total volunteers that say that's totally unacceptable. But I, I believe that in the that the ultimate goals that we all share is is the limitation of government. Some would go further and be total volunteers. I think I, that's I, fine, and I, we can share what we share, and that's great. But my concern is, and I understand that you're saying that you your personal beliefs aren't going to get in the way of bureaucrats, but I don't understand how you could be interviewed as the crasher-in-chief of bureaucrats about liberty and uh, take a principal position when it's clear that you don't have, uh, you don't ad- adhere to that principle. How can you speak uh, you know, out of one side of your mouth and then speak out of another side uh, in, you know, for, for what the organization supposedly believes? And it seems inconsistent. Well, I, 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 in, in my view, I, I don't, I don't see it as inconsistent whatsoever. Lee, there, I, certain... I appreciate that. I want to get to this call here because Dale is on the is line your... uh, from AnarchyInYourHead.com. Dale, you're on with Lee Doran from Bureaucrash. Hi, Dale. How are you doing? Hi, uh, hi, Lee. Um, well, first, I want to just, just drop off real quick. Uh, if you don't get the fallacies of collectivism, then you don't get libertarianism, and that's relating back what was said before. But the question I had was. Uh, there was a huge discussion today that you started about, you know, when you got selected as the Crusher-in-Chief, and you started a discussion asking for feedback and things like that. And, of course, there was a tremendous amount of negative feedback because, 
your ideals do seem to be in conflict with with a lot of bureaucrats members. And that entire discussion was deleted. And so I'm curious if this is a good indication of how you intend to lead your crash by crushing dissent and, and, and censorship. When oh, someone has a, when someone has a disagreement with you, are you going to delete uh, any – are you going to rewrite history? No, no, no. Let me, let me address that directly. I'm glad we got probably two minutes left, and I want to address that directly because this is probably everyone's main, main concern. It is my understanding when, when I took the position of bureaucrats, and I was I – was, Oh, absolutely wrong to do this because I didn't I didn't know um, what what I was kind of supposed to do. Um, I I have I have a, a group of, of libertarians in general who who kind of follow me on, on YouTube, and I assume that look there there are certain things that that will be very um, inclusive for them so that they can meet the bureaucrat crowd when I kind of push bureaucrat and bring it to the larger liberty-loving audience. And what I did when I got on Bureaucrash was I saw there were some 9-11 truth videos on there, and I just assumed um, that, you know, people didn't support that, and I assumed that if, you know, if I were going to be encouraging people to go to uh, Bureaucrash that, you know, I should remove the 9-11 truth videos. Well, that's what, that's what I did, but then I found out that what, what was my goal is to keep this as a totally open forum, totally open debate, and we will just simply say that we don't endorse everything and keep that open. So what I did was, is I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to remove the stuff that I put on there and simply get approval on what exactly it is I'm supposed to be doing. So as of right now, um, no, nothing will be nothing will be removed at all. Uh, everything will be a completely open debate. And even if there's something like 9/11 truth videos, okay, so be it. That stuff's going to be on there. Appreciate um, that, Lee. Uh, thank you for the call. And debate they about your selection as Crasher in Chief. Because that's what was deleted. I'm not even talking about the 9/11. Yeah, we truth don't really video. care about 9/11 truth. I'm talking about the debate. There's a tremendous debate, mostly negative, about your selection as crasher in chief, and that was deleted. Thank you, Dale, for the well, call. That's, that's still that's still up there, to to the best of my knowledge. Unless you're there's, there is one thing I deleted because it was originally from my my personal content um, that that I assumed that that was. Um, that, that I wasn't even supposed to start putting my, you know, introducing myself Lee, yet. one so, more like, quick question before we go. Who sure. did you vote for in the Republican primary? Uh, I believe I voted for Mitt Romney. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate you taking the time. Lee, you've got a pair of them for calling in here tonight. You sure do, and thank you. Uh, appreciate that. Still can't support the organization that you are heading uh, with you behind it. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.